I bring greetings in Jesus' name this morning, and uh, my prayer has been that we would all receive a blessing today and an encouragement. And thank you, Floyd, for reading John chapter 14. It has become one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. Very likely, my wife has something to do with this being my favorite chapter because it was hers. And there's just a number of things that when I read this chapter, I just am so blessed. One of them is in verse 20. At that day, ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. And we look forward to that time when that will be reality. We'll know that Jesus is God. Maybe we know it now, but we will see it. And we'll be in him, and he'll be in us. It's almost more than I can comprehend, but it is a tremendous encouragement for myself, and I trust all of us as we journey and struggle through this life. This is the day the Lord hath made, and we'll rejoice in it. And like someone said, better still, we'll rejoice in him. So I'm thankful this morning for the blessing we have again of being gathered here in worship together. I thank God often for his design, that one day in seven design, when we can get together and hear his word proclaimed. And that's my heart this morning. Um, the text is, or the message will come out of this text, John 14. And maybe a title that I kind of wrestled with and tried to reword it, and this is what I came up with. Untroubled living. Untroubled living. Let not your heart be troubled. So maybe I can just Maybe we can just help each other think a little bit. What has troubled you lately? Or, or don't you have troubles? I'm confident that we all have troubles. And if you don't right now, get ready. Because we live in a troubled world. So what has troubled you lately? <clears throat> The opinion, of, the opinion of others, the habits and actions of others, the sickness or death of loved ones. What has troubled you lately? Financial woes or employment or unemployment? 
marriage or your family, school, What has troubled you lately? Acceptance by others? Feeling unloved? Are you troubled about the future? Are you troubled about the past? Are you troubled about the present? Are you troubled about not getting what you want or not wanting what you're getting? Are you troubled with fitting in? Are you troubled with getting everything done? Could it be that I missed something? Turn with me to uh, Luke. <clears throat> Luke chapter 10. My mind went to uh, Mary and Martha. Because I believe Martha was troubled. And Jesus has a word to say about that. In Luke 10, I'll begin reading verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about or burdened about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Martha was troubled, but Mary we find sitting at the feet of Jesus. Mary has chosen that good part. Do we find ourselves troubled at times? Do we know where to go when we are troubled? Was it last Sunday evening when we gathered here for young people's meeting? Or was that already two weeks ago? <laughs> was it last Sunday evening? It was last Sunday. Yeah. Well, we were being challenged and blessed with thinking about the grandeur of God and the power of God, the awe of God. And I, I remember um, 
when Lil and I spent some time in Mexico and we had a troubling time. Uh, she had cancer and we were looking for, for answers and help. And they, uh, at the clinic where we were, they usually have a devotional every morning. In fact, this was a time when Lil was getting IVs, so she would sit there for an hour or so, and then they would have this devotional. And one of the devotionals, it was early on, the, the title was The Awe of God. And he was a southerner, and it took us a little while to catch on what he meant what, when he was saying the oar of God, the oar of God. But it, it soon dawned on us because he was just describing God and his greatness. And we looked at each other and said, he's saying the awe of God. Focusing on the awe of God has a way of strengthening faith and trust. My mind went then as I was preparing for this, the song Sitting at the Feet of Jesus. I looked to see if it's in the song books that we have and it's not. So <clears throat> then I asked somebody if they know the song and they weren't sure. So I think it's an older generation song, but I'm guessing many people know it. I'm gonna read the first two verses and then if one of our sisters just wants to lead it and sing the two verses, we'll join in. Sitting at the feet of Jesus, oh, what words I hear him say. Happy place, so near, so precious, may it find me there each day. Sitting at the feet of Jesus, I would look upon the past, for his love has been so gracious, it has won my heart at last. Sitting at the feet of Jesus, where can mortals be more blessed? There I lay my sins and sorrows, and when weary, find sweet rest. Sitting at the feet of Jesus, there I love to weep and pray, while I from his fullness gather grace and comfort every day. Can somebody start it? say, happy place so near, so precious, may it find me there each day, sitting at the feet of Jesus, I would look upon the past. For his love has been so gracious, it has won my heart at last. 
sitting at the feet of Jesus. Where can mortals be more blessed? There I lay my sins and sorrows. And when weary find sweet rest, sitting at the feet of Jesus, there I love to weep and pray, while I from his fullness gather grace and comfort every day. Yeah, well, thank you. So the disciples knew there were troubles ahead. And how can I say that? Let me turn to the text again, John 14. And if you look just at the verses prior to this chapter, Jesus was telling the disciples that whither I go, thou canst not follow me now but thou shalt follow me afterwards. And then Peter said, Lord, why why cannot I follow thee now? I'll lay down my life for your sake. And then Jesus answered and said, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, the cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. And I believe we can say with a certain a certainty here that the disciples were troubled. They knew there was trouble in the air. <clears throat> and then Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I looked up the word troubled as though I didn't know what it meant, right? Troubled means to shake or to get stirred up. And Jesus is telling them not to get stirred up. We would say not to worry. Does that help when somebody just tells you just don't worry? I don't think Jesus was saying at all that he doesn't understand their fears and that they weren't real, I believe he's telling us that there is an answer for a troubled heart. There's an antidote. There's a cure for a troubled heart. I wonder what your answer would be. Is there more than one answer, maybe? I believe it's believing or trusting in God. You believe in God, believe in me also. Jesus was here, a man among us, and yet he was God in the flesh. And he was comforting his disciples by saying, don't be troubled. Believe in God, you believe in God, believe also in me. Verse 11 of this chapter says, 
believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. I find it, I find it easy sometimes to be encouraged when I think back on God's faithfulness, how he led us through tough experiences, troubling times. I find that comforting. And then I find looking ahead, you know, we know he's coming back for us. This, what we know as life and time now, will all be past sometime. And we'll be with Jesus and our loved ones in heaven. And I find that encouraging. Where the battle is, is the present, right now. How do I look at all those things that tend to want to trouble us? And I think the key word is trust. Trust him. And this was Jesus here telling his disciples, God in the flesh, telling them, just trust me. This will be okay. There's trouble in the air, but it'll be okay. Now I'd like for us just to turn yet to Isaiah 40. And then I want to look at six things that are mentioned here in, in John 14 that we can trust him for. But I'd like to go to Isaiah 40. And just pull out some scripture, Old Testament scripture, that minister to us when we're in trouble or when we're worried or when we need more faith and trust. Isaiah 40, verses 25 and 26. To whom then will ye liken me, or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things, that bringeth out their host by number? He calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power, not one faileth. And then 28 to the end of that psalm, or that chapter. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases, increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait, or hope in, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. So let those words from Isaiah, Old Testament scripture, just encourage us, encourage us to put our trust and our life into God's hands.
and trust him. Now, we'll move quickly with these six things, but we're going to pull out six things that we can trust him for. He's, Jesus is saying, don't be troubled, trust me. We can trust him for a place. And I particularly noticed this morning when I was reading over this again that I go to prepare a place for you. So this is something that we can personalize. We can trust him. He is preparing a place for you. I think a house feels good to all of us. And I like to think that we're going to be in my father's house. We're going to be in our father's house. Speaks of intimacy. In my father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. Just like we should just know that. And I go and prepare a place for you. And I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. So, referring to what I just shared a bit ago, if we can trust Jesus for a place in heaven, can't we trust him with the rest of our lives here? I think it must be very disappointing to, to Jesus, to Christ, when we have trouble trusting him for the present, and yet we dwell on and, you know, say that we trust him for the future. In verse 3, we can trust him for his promise. He says, I will come again. That sometimes wants to seem a little far away, but I think it was brought out in our Sunday school time that it's imminent, and it could be any time. I'd like to uh, read 1 Thessalonians 4. Yeah, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13. Then follow after if you have your Bibles. I'd like to read this uh, to the end of the chapter. 1 Thessalonians 4.13 But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. 
For this we say unto you, by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or precede them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And I find that these words very comforting. Let's look now at verses 4 through 6. And I, th I think we can trust him for his preeminence or his superiority. And particularly thinking of verse 6, where Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We can trust him to lead us on the way to heaven. I need to be reminded sometimes that we are like sheep that would go astray, but we need Jesus to lead the way, to show us the way to heaven. Jesus is the only way. That might seem a little narrow, but he is, and his way is narrow. But if we follow him, we can trust him to lead us to heaven. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the way to love. He's the way to joy. He's the way to peace. And we could look at, I think we'll take the time to do that, the, these uh, verses. He is the way to love. John 15, 9. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. Jesus knows all about love and will lead us in the way of love. John 15, 11. He will show us the way to joy. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. If we follow him, we'll also find peace, a way of peace. John 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth give I unto you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So if we follow him, follow Jesus, he will show us the path of peace. He will show us the way to the Father, and we can trust him for that. I'd like to read Hebrews 4, verses 14, 15, and 16. Seeing then that ye have that we have a great high priest 
that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I believe we can trust Jesus to lead us to the Father and to lead us to a life of peace. <clears throat> Jesus is the way and the truth. In our Sunday School devotions this morning, Arlen read that the Lord will judge his people with truth, with his truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. If you have Jesus, you have life. John 10.10 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But then Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So if we trust in Jesus, we can trust him to give us life. So Jesus is all we need for salvation and godly living. Now let's look at verses 7 through 11 here in John 14. And we can trust his personality, who he is. Verse 7, if ye had known me, ye should have known my father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Jesus is God. He's God in the flesh. And he's telling his disciples that you can trust me. I am who I am telling you. So the person who has seen Jesus has seen God. I was, I was challenged with the thought that we should be reading the Gospels often. Yeah, we should read the whole Bible. But we should be reading the Gospels often because we get to know the character of Jesus when we read the Gospels. And then in that way we know, we know the Father. We know God. So Jesus is saying you can trust what I'm telling you about me. You can trust his personality. The fifth thing that we can trust is his power. John 14, 12 through 14. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. 
And this is speaking of Christ's power. Notice the anything in my name. He can do it. The sixth thing is we can trust his presence. And for that I'll read verses 15 through 18. If ye love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. And I hear him telling his disciples here that you can trust me. I'll be present with you. They were experiencing some pretty serious unknowns. And they felt the threat of Jesus being captured and killed. I believe they experienced, they felt that. And this whole message, the first 21 verses here, was Jesus trying to help them just trust him. So I find that very uh, helpful for us today. When we are experiencing trouble and we have trouble trusting, go to the word. Focus on who Jesus is and what he provides for us. I'd like to conclude by pointing out verse 20 again. <clears throat> and that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. And I was wondering when that day is, but I believe... I concluded for myself that he would be referring to the resurrection. After my resurrection, you will be fully convinced that I and the Father are one. And I find that comforting, helpful, encouraging to think about it, that Jesus was a man and lived on the earth, just like you and I. But he was the God-man. And how do we know? Because they crucified him, put him in the tomb, but he came out. And then, what was it, 500 plus people saw him return to heaven. And I found myself last Sunday evening picturing this trek from this wee little speck of earth and going back to his father, but probably was done in the twinkling of an eye. I would just like to encourage us to focus on who God is
when it's like we're troubled. I invite you to kneel with me in prayer.